The problem with the Waze voices, because they do certain voices on Waze, is they are not they don't do specific street names. Mm-hmm. So like if I had like the Terminator as my Waze voice for a while and it was just like, make a left, you know, <laughs> yeah. instead of like, make a left on 6th Avenue. Make a left on 6th Avenue. Right. I don't know what that voice was. It wasn't. It was correct. your Arnold voice. I'm really, really I'm good. supposed to be good at accents, but I'm not. Scary fierce. Scary fun. Scary mommy speaks. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Scary Mommy Speaks, the show for women who are owning motherhood and all its glory, pain, and playdates. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. If you're new to Scary Mommy, we're the number one source of info and entertainment for moms across the country. We tell it like it is. No sugarcoating and no impossibly perfect standards. This is the real deal. And ladies, don't forget, if you have been enjoying the ride as much as we have, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps other moms find us. Ash, how was your week? Oh, boy, do I have a story for you today. Please tell me. Sebastian has never vomited in his life. In two years, I have never seen this kid puke. I mean, go big or go home. Never seen this kid puke. So we decide we're going to go to Ruth's Chris for dinner because we like steak. It's a special occasion. We go to our local Ruth's Chris. We sit down. We're all chit-chatting. You know, I've told my parents, hey, you know, Sebastian's not feeling well, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, he's sitting on my lap. There is just vomit all over. Chunks. You know, like, as adults, how you tend to vomit, and then after, like, a couple of, like, it's water? Yeah. Six times, I run out of there. He's finally done vomiting. And he, he, I guess, like, a couple of times was like, oh, shit. Like, first time, he was like, shit, what was that? (laughs) Second time, he was like, oh, man, this is weird. This happens again. Then third time, he's like... The hell? And just starts crying. So he's just puking and crying. Finally, I'm like, all right, it's been a couple of seconds. I pick him up. I run out of the restaurant. And I just have, I mean, it's like in my shoes. I'm like stepping on it. I just take him to the grass and just start disrobing him. I have vomit all over me. All over me. It was my response the whole time, I'm like, this poor baby. I can't believe he feels so sick. But it is going to be one of those stories he never lives down. I am going to tell this story. Every girlfriend, boyfriend, I don't give a crap what he brings home is going to hear this story. <laughs> Every single one. And it is going to be great. Poor baby. Poor baby. He's fine now. He's feeling better. But God, that was something. <laughs> is it, Like you said, go big or go home. Exactly. How was your week? Pretty good. I mean... Luna all of a sudden is, um, as we like to call her, a lunatic. She oh, welcome to the club. Just this week, just all of a sudden, uh, my cute little baby girl is borderline insane. She's just flinging herself off things, and I have to just catch her. And I, luckily, I've caught her every time. Sometimes by the shirt, she's just flinging herself off things. She thinks it's hysterical to just throw shit and then maniacally laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, she's decided naps are not her best look and so she's not really napping she's choosy about her food just the last three days and everyone's like oh that happens when they're one I'm like she is not one she is nine months old but she's kind of like in some ways advanced for nine months old that's not a humble brag she just is talking and starting to like almost walk and totally she very much is yeah so I think that this is like a frustration that she's not where she wants to be and she's so close plus teething because you can just see the frustration of being like, oh, I just want to do this thing that I'm so close to doing. I feel like your ambassador to the uh, 
Crazy Child Club, and like I'm handing you your membership card Thank right you. now. We're very pleased to have Thank you. Thank you. We serve drinks at all hours of the day. <laughs> um, and Just uh, don't bring your child. <laughs> don't, kids are not welcomed. And also there might be vomit. All right. So... We've got another doozy this week. Not quite the doozy that Ashley had the other night, Oof. but we have an amazing interview coming up with the Motherhood Center where we'll be talking about postpartum depression, what it is, what it means, how to treat it, and most importantly, reminding new moms that they are not alone. I am very, very excited for that interview. It was so great, so important. We have a Roomba that just speaks to you and I, Ashley. We have a Roomba that curses. So we'll be discussing a meme about a vulgar little Roomba. Finally, technology that understands us. <laughs> Uh, We'll also be talking about an article that says, instead of yelling at your kids, try these two sentences. Just two? I wish my mom had read this because I feel like every single time I was in trouble, it was an essay. Well, I'm not sure where to even to begin to express myself in only two sentences. I, I talk way too much. I guess we'll see if it works. So stick around and find out. Hey, Carrie, guess what? What? Summer is coming to an end. I know. I'm so sad about that. No, this is good news. Why? Well, summer clearance sales. <gasps> That's true. So where are we shopping? Oh, I'm going to go straight to the toilet. Ashley, I know I'm easily confused, but once again, you're confusing me. Well, the bathroom is where I do all my best shopping and shopping. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. I'm going to shop.scarymommy.com for 60% off on some really cool t-shirts, hats, and gifts. You should check it out. I will, but probably I'm going to do it from my bed or my couch, if that's okay with you. I mean, that's your choice. But just remember, it's shop.scarymommy.com for 60% off. Hashtag rehash. Hashtag rehash. Hashtag rehash. As many of you are probably very aware, the world has its eyes on Brazil with the hashtags pray for Amazonia and hashtag act for the Amazon going viral. Basically, from our knowledge... People are setting fires that are meant to be controlled in an effort to clear land for agriculture and cattle grazing. Um, The fires have gotten out of control. And from what I understand, it's under the advice of the president of Brazil. Right. But it's not these people don't really know how to set fires. Right. And because of that, right, didn't you tell me that CNN reported that fires is up like 85 percent? 85 percent from last year. And French President Emmanuel Macron announced from the G7, I think it was Monday morning, that 20 million in aid has been promised to help provide support. He said, our house is burning, literally. The Amazon rainforest, the lungs of our planet, which produce 20 percent of our oxygen, is on fire. It is an international crisis. He tweeted that just a few days ago. And I do think it's important to say on that note, uh, you know, if we are going to be an outlet that does provide some source of news to people, Mm -hmm. the news also should be reported that there are a lot of fake images being tweeted, one of which is the image that went along with that tweet. Mm -hmm. Um, You could read about that on Mother Jones. Also, New York Times did a huge article on that. But it it should be known that some of these photos of the fires are not accurate. And also, let's be real, sometimes Sometimes part of the information is accurate and then the other part is not. Like Absolutely. that one, the, 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 the quote is correct, but the picture is wrong. So Absolutely. We have, we have to be diligent. Exactly. And that's important where, wherever you get your news from. Yeah. Uh, and many celebrities are also using their platforms to try and bring awareness to the cause. Madonna's tweeted, Kylie Jenner, I'm sorry, Kris Jenner, Angelina Jolie. They've all been out. Kylie, would you please, now that Ashley's challenged you, she please may have. write about it? She Thank may. Thank you. Kendall did. Good. Also with a false photo. But- <laughs> 
You do what you can. Yeah, you know, you can't win them all. Yeah. Pink Floyd guitarist Dave Gilmore recently raised a record-breaking $21 million for environmental causes through the sale of his guitar collection, probably all purchased by my stepfather, <laughs> saying, I hope that the sale of these guitars will help client Earth in their actions to use the law to bring about real change. We need a civilized world that goes on for all our grandchildren and beyond in which these guitars can be played and songs can be sung. Listen, I'm so happy. Like, this is brilliant. That I'm using brilliant because he's British. You're it's right. brilliant that yes. he's doing this. But, like, it, it's a shame that lawmakers, like, right. it takes, that it's coming it takes to the this. guitarist of Pink Floyd. Yes. I mean, listen, we know from, like, Live Aid and all that definitely multi-billionaires do do a great job in making huge sweeping changes. But like also our, our lawmakers should be like, shame on you. Well, you know, and, the, you know, the greater issue here is that there are people that don't believe climate change even exists right. and they don't really see that this would lead to a bigger issue. So tell me about what your boyfriend said on Instagram. Which boyfriend? Leonardo DiCaprio. Not my boyfriend <laughs> at all. Maybe back in the Titanic days. So Leonardo DiCaprio reported on his Instagram that his nonprofit that he just started, Earth Alliance, uh, has formed an emergency Amazon forest fund with a commitment of $5 million to focus critical resources for indigenous communities and other local partners working to protect the area. If you want to donate, you just have to go to Leonardo DiCaprio's Instagram page. There are links there. Leo, I'm going to call him Leo's Instagram, is also reporting information from various other groups, uh, reputable groups, with information about how we can all help participate. For example, at Rainforest Trust and at Rainforest Alliance suggest to change daily habits by purchasing environmentally friendly products or reducing or reusing paper. And, you know, I've been thinking about... You know, they, they, they've been saying for a while before the rainforest, um, this rainforest issue, is that ga gas emissions um, is mostly from cattle. Yes. From cattle. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Greenhouse gas emissions. I do agree. One of the things I'm working for, towards, and you guys know I have a insane love of fast food, <laughs> but I'm trying to move towards a plant-based diet where I would still eat fish and stuff like that, but... Um, I'm working on it. Did you have the Impossible Burger? Uh, I have had the Impossible Burger. I think it's pretty good. Dunkin they have it at Burger King now, right? Yep. And Dunkin' Donuts has a, an egg sandwich that has the, uh, I think it's Beyond Meat, which is essentially the same thing. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of options if you really want to get that meat craving in. Um, you know, I read that a lot of people are using the act for the Amazon hashtag to suggest that Jeff Bezos uses his billions from Amazon to save the Amazon, which would be amazing. But guys... I don't think it's going to happen. True story. When I first read the article, I thought when it said Amazon fires, I thought he was firing people from the company. And then I was like, oh, no. Carrie, I have a ton of birthdays coming up and I need some good birthday cards. Can you help me out? Yes. Rhino Parade has the best funny and punny birthday cards. Rhino Parade? Yeah, girl. They're a woman-owned Brooklyn-based company. I really love their stuff, and I don't just stop with their birthday cards. They even have perfect gifts for your friends and family. They have, like, these feminist enamel pins and oh. Leslie Nope-themed pencil sets. Treat and teach. Oh, I love that. I'm one of those people that collects pins, so I might get something for myself, too. I collect cards. I'm that weird lady that has, yeah. like, what do you kind of card you need? Mm -hmm. Listen, go for it, because it only gets better. Check this out. As a supporter of progressive organizations like the ACLU and Planned Parenthood, Rhino Parade can help you stand up for your rights 
while looking cute AF. Oh, I love that too. That's how I like to stand up for my rights. I like to sashay, sashay my rights. <laughs> I can't say that fast. It's a anyway, twister. I know. Great news is all you have to do is go to shop.scarymommy.com. And of course, don't forget promo code SPEAKS15 for 15% off. Get that discount. So Scary Mommy did a beautiful and informative documentary about postpartum depression with the Motherhood Center here in New York. And if you haven't seen it, please take time to do so. It's really beautiful and really moving. It's on the Scary Mommy site, right? Yeah, yep. uh, YouTube. Yep, it's you really can great. Find it. Uh, I personally learned so much from it. Today, we are very excited to have the two badass ladies who started it here in studio with us. We have Paige Bellenbaum, LMSW, and Dr. Catherine Berndorf from the center to talk to us, educate us, teach us all about it. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. We're so excited to have you. Okay, so let's just start it off. First of all, what is the Motherhood Center? So the Motherhood Center is a clinical treatment facility, and we specialize in providing support and treatment to pregnant and new moms that are experiencing something that we call perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, which is a very unsexy term. The anacronym for that is PMADS. And uh, what we do there is we, we help women feel better if they're experiencing anxiety, depression, OCD, any number of diagnoses in the perinatal period. So that means during pregnancy and postpartum. And what we do is we provide treatment based on the acuity of what a mom is experiencing, how acute her symptoms are. So if mom is feeling more moderate to mild symptoms, she might benefit from a support group with other new and expecting moms that are struggling, individual therapy and or medication management. But what we're really, really known for is our day program. And this is a place where new and expecting mothers that are really having a difficult time caring for themselves, caring for the baby, come and spend the day. Five days a week, we have an on-site oh. nursery, and moms just get all the support in the world through therapeutic support groups, individual therapy, uh, art therapy, you name it. Moms are really held. I really wish I had known about, know. about this when I was pregnant. Can you give us like a clear definition of what postpartum depression is? I would love to. Thank you. <laughs> it is my favorite topic. Okay. Um, so long ago— um, when I would teach medical students, I would say, you know, we talked about postpartum depression, right? And it was this thing. And if you think about it, postpartum depression, let's look at the words, right? It tells you it's postpartum, so after the baby, and it tells you it's depression. So it is an unfortunate, it was the original term, right? So I'm glad we all talk about it and know about it. The problem is it's overly specific, it's too narrow. So people are like, well, how can I be depressed during pregnancy? I, I didn't have this baby Yeah, yet. absolutely. Or if I'm anxious postpartum, I don't have postpartum depression. And that's why, as Paige said, we've tried to find, and we are not doing that well, a new acronym, a new, n new nomenclature for this phenomenon, which is the perinatal period, really before, during, and after pregnancy that addresses mood and anxiety disorders. We're trying to be super inclusive, which is why we've come up with PMADS. So I like to say PMADS, or PMADS are the new PPD, mm -hmm. right? PMADS are the new postpartum depression, if that makes sense. Yes. 
Yeah, it's just like re kind renaming of, it, yeah, so that everybody can see if they're in it or not, yeah, and try to figure out what they have because the biggest problem with this these illnesses is that they don't get diagnosed, mm-hmm. that people don't recognize it, they don't know what to do when they find it, and then hell, they can't find anywhere to get treatment. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, when I was pregnant, I really informed myself. I was, I did Bradley method. I switched uh, OBs in the middle I of everything. I did OBs 20 weeks. Yeah, because I was just so not happy. I wasn't getting the answers I wanted. I wasn't being treated. I was reading every book. I was doing everything. And this is the first, this right now is the first I've heard that you can be, have this during pregnancy. And, you know, I'm, I don't feel like I took pregnancy like, you know, most people do. So that's a little scary. It's incredibly scary. Um, I can't tell you how many women come in for treatment. And we can always tell in the day program when a mom is starting to get better. I I, I sense because she starts to get angry. Why didn't my OBGYN tell me this? Why didn't my pediatrician screen for me or tell me that I might be at risk? And so it's not just during pregnancy, it's postpartum. Uh, We're starting to see a shift. We're starting to see more and more practices screen for perinatal mood and anxiety disorders during pregnancy and postpartum. Even some pediatricians are doing it, but it is totally and completely lacking. And what is so astounding about it is is that it's the number one complication that's associated with childbirth. How many women, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second or add to that, how many women do you think are affected by this, if you could give us an estimate? You're like, all. No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, uh, one in five is kind of the standard data point for women that experience a PMAD. I always like to throw in there, though, for those of us that do this work, it's probably more like one in three. And that can include more mild symptoms, but it's that profound of an issue. How do you know when... What you're feeling or like how would you uh, delineate between, yeah, this is like a normal thing that people get depressed about. I still should seek help, but this might not be on that gamut of made worse by or aggravated by. You better give yourself a plug. Catherine just wrote a book about this very topic. What's your title of your book? What No One Tells You. The Guide, A Guide to Your Emotions During Pregnancy and Postpartum. And where can we find this book? Amazon. Yes, Amazon. Barnes & Noble. Anywhere. I brought you a copy. Okay. I brought a copy. So what I want to tell you is the book with a co-author we wrote about the wide range of normal. And I'm doing air quotes here. Okay. Because I I do like to wonder why everyone doesn't have a PMAD because this this tremendous, the, the most profound transition ever, I think, is becoming a mother, otherwise known as matrescence which is a not an easy word to say, but no. like adolescence, which is known to be rocky and tumultuous. Matrescence, not beautiful as a word, but as a concept, is that developmental transition to motherhood. It doesn't make front page news because it's only for women. But, um, you know, it's a transition. It is not a moment, that liminal moment in time when you go from there wasn't a baby to there is a baby mm-hmm. alive in your hands, right? That's actually a lifetime of getting used to. Mm. I like to say once postpartum, always postpartum. My kids are 20 and 17 and I'm still getting used to it. I mean, I'm literally tearing up hearing that word Mm. because I talked about this on the show a bunch. I'm having a really rocky time adjusting to this concept of I'm a mother. Like the baby's actually great, but just my identity in this new way. And you know what? When you said that, it does really feel a lot like 
when I would be like write emo poetry yeah. in my room yeah. during puberty. I, yes, and it's not it's acceptable for the adolescent and it's not supposed to be like this and therefore not particularly pretty in a mother. Yeah. yeah. Wrong. We don't give women permission to experience ambivalence, right? We think that the journey to motherhood is supposed to be one way and one way only. It's blissful. It's beautiful. We feel an immediate connection and bond with our baby. We unconditionally love him or her. And it's just this magical situation. And the breast milk is going to spray out. And we're going to just be comfortable lying in pillows for three months, just enjoying and soaking it all in. And that is an enormous crock of shisa. That's yeah. not how it goes. <laughs> and women don't always feel unconditional love. Sometimes, and I experienced this with my son, when I had him and I put him on my chest, I didn't want to have anything to do with him. I wanted to eat a hamburger and I wanted to sleep for two years. Mm-hmm. And so that relationship takes time, right? And so frequently, because society as a whole doesn't allow women to feel joy and sadness, connection and distance, uh, feeling excited about this and just terrorized by the thought of having their life change forever. That's normal. How do you think that most people, uh, well-intentioned or not, react to new moms when they come to them and they say things like, I'm having a hard time handling this. I'm having a hard time with this change in this process. You know, I feel like if we're not saying, this is amazing. I What was I doing the rest of my life? Like the world judges you. Totally. <laughs> You're totally right. And it is such a shame. And and we're all I always like to out myself as a perpetrator, too, because I get in my elevator. I see a pregnant woman or a new baby and I'm like, oh, the baby. How you doing? Like but in this very this way that puts pressure on people. And so I always stop myself and like this is all I do in my life as a living and breathing. And I have to stop myself from doing that and say, sorry, how how are you? How actually are you? Because it's hard, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Don't you find that hard? And they'll be like, oh, yes. The pressure is so great. And and again, there's something innate. There's something primal about us seeing a baby and just, you know, if you're not the one carrying it right. or <laughs> strolling that's how they it. Get you. That's oh, it's a it's like puppies they, yeah. too. You're that's like, how they, you should just get one. Yeah, oh. those little suckers. They just woo you with yeah. their cuteness yep. and the head smell. And honestly, it's all a trick. <laughs> totally. And what we love so much about Scary Mommy telling the real story is that there's so much noise and so many other platforms out there that are selling the wrong story that women feel like they have to live up to. And if they don't, then they're doing something wrong. They have to look put together. They have to look beautiful. They have to look perfect. And inside, they feel terrible. Yeah. Is this treatable? Does it go away? How how can we get relief from kind of the prison that we can sometimes feel from our from our emotions? So, yes, super, super treatable and actually not that hard to treat. That's amazing. It's it is amazing because it seems like it should be so hard and it's this complicated. That makes me so angry. Yeah. It just makes me so angry that. Yep. It's like. I'm not saying it's not rocket science. That sounds terrible. It's not. It's, but it's, not. Like, it's bread and butter psychiatry. Yeah. It's bread and butter. There's so much bread and butter about it. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just oh. like, I was like enraged for a second. <laughs> I can understand. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I, have, I love my job because I get to say to every person suffering in my office or in a group I'm running or wherever I'm teaching that everyone can get better. 
it's it's a matter of recognizing it, of of you know, no noticing that you're having the symptoms or someone around you noticing, right? And it's not just that wide range of normal. I wanted to say it's it's an ex- it's it's more extreme. It's how you distinguish disorder from what would otherwise be quote normal is the depth of it, the intensity of it, and how much it's interfering in your life. Mm. That's it. We got tough women in this country, man. Yeah, and they are especially out there, in this city, right? Mm-hmm. In this city, and they are out there doing it. And feeling terrible and exhausted and irritable and mean at night because they've given it away at the office when they went back to work and they had to hold it together. But life was so effortful and they are not sleeping well. Their, their appetite is disturbed. They may have gained weight, lost too much weight. Their, their feeling, their, their interest in anything is gone. They're just going through the motions of life. And we don't see them. Mm. We don't know it. And they don't want us to know. I mean, they, they do and they don't. Right. That's the problem. We're all hiding from each other. Do you think that just the ability to talk about it and not be judged is a huge help in treatment? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I run a PMAD support group twice a week, and it's often the first point of contact that a new or expecting mom who's struggling with a PMAD has ever made with other moms that are struggling. I hear so many stories of women who went to a new mom group in their community, and everyone was talking about diaper ointment and how many ounces of milk you pumped the day before. And so many moms sitting there feeling like saying, I I felt so disconnected. I I wanted to talk about how I feel rage towards my husband or I feel like an inadequate mother or how I kind of think it would be better if I just gave my baby to somebody sitting next to me on the train. But like nobody, I didn't feel safe. I was afraid if I said I was feeling that way, I would be judged and shamed. So moms will walk into the support group, sit down, she'll start and she'll start crying, telling her story. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I wish I wasn't crying. And and I'll say, I mean, that's a requirement. This is why we have a, a contract with Kleenex, right? Like, this is what we do here. But then they'll share their story. And every other woman will go around and say, this is my story. This, And by the time it's over, there's just this sense of relief of like, oh, my God, I'm not alone. And that in itself can be so empowering to know that you can talk about this safely and freely and how common it is and find community which I think is so much about what the Motherhood Center offers is community and the day program so women can really hold each other and not feel so alone. So in the documentary that was done with Scary Mommy, a mom said something like, the Motherhood Center didn't make me a better mom. This made me realize I was a good mom. And I, I our whole team loved that quote so much. It. So what does that quote mean to you? And what can we as a support for our friends, our family, other women we don't know out there, what can we do? One of the philosophies that we use over and over again is this concept of the good enough mother uh, that was deemed a uh, concept coined by Winnicott, Winnicott right? back in the 60s, 50, I think 50s, 50s, long time ago. Um, and I just like to use olden times. There yeah, you go. The olden <laughs> times before any of us were born. <laughs> this is my perception of it. And Catherine, correct me if I'm wrong. If we strive to be perfect mothers, right? If we strive to be a helicopter parent, if we strive to puree all of the organic vegetables and fruits for our child and we make sure that they have hemp linens and and they don't wear plastic diapers, you know, like if we are so concerned about who they play with and who they talk to and what toys and what screen time and all of that and we are so on top of and intense of trying to be perfect 
then we are doing a disservice for our child because the real world outside is not perfect. And if we try to present such, then our child is not prepared to live. If we feel like we can never cry in front of our child or scream in front of our child or get into a fight in front of our child, then we're not teaching him or her that these things happen, right? And so to be good enough is is really the best that we can all strive to be. You you just addressed so many things Carrie and I have talked about on the show with each other. And just that one little thing. In segment. that one answer and it's it's this expectation to content and as in the documentary it's referred to as the sacred mother. Mm. Um there's this expectation and just kind of letting that go. Mm-hmm can just help so much. I call it surrender. Yeah. That's my favorite word. It's a surrender. It doesn't mean you're giving up or you're you're waving the white flag. You're giving in. You're you're letting it happen. Where can our moms find you? Well, we are the Motherhood Center, and we have one phone number. We did that very intentionally where you call and you get a human. And oh, a lo- I love that. A alone. lovely person, right, at that who will say, you know, the Mother's Center, how can we help you? And we don't, we take it very seriously, 212-335-0034. When you call that one number and get someone, we're going to see you through. We're going to help you get in either to see us. If we're not the right place, we're going to point you in the right direction. We're going to make connections for you. We're going to hear you out. We're going to hear what's going on. And then we're going to figure out how to get you in. And if it's not with us, we'll find that place, like I said. And if we can't figure out the insurance thing, we're going to bust our butts to try and figure it out. So we're going to work hard to help you figure out how to feel better because everyone can. I guess I would just add for people that are listening to this that are not local in New York City, uh, there is a national international resource called Postpartum Support International, and their website is www.postpartum.net. Uh, they have coordinators located in every city and state. So if you live in Alabama or California or wherever, you can call a coordinator in that state or in your city and let them know you're looking for treatment and they can connect you with the right treatment in your area. Can Carrie and I come by? Yes, please. <laughs> are, are our kids Time. too old? <laughs> Anytime. Come. Okay. Thank you so much yeah. for coming. It really, it's so needed. It's its so incredibly needed. And I, I wish that some of my friends had heard this episode before they had their children. Yeah. It's never too late to hear this never. information. I wish ever. I had heard it. It it's, helps me now even. It's reparative, right? Yeah. To know that like you were good enough. You right. were great. Yeah. Because what you did was you and you did it well, even though you thought you failed. Yep. I have a challenge for you, Ashley. What is it? <laughs> you seem really up for a challenge right I'm now. I'm so scared. What is it? Could you possibly tell your labor story in 20 seconds? God, I could try. Well, I don't really need you to try. I need other people to try. Yeah, why don't we see if if any real mommies out there have any great stories about their labor that they could tell us in 20 seconds. And how about to make it interesting? Yes. It, the best 20-second labor story gets some scary mommy swag. Swag, swag, swag. We love swag. swag. So, ladies, please tell us your exciting, your interesting, your creative, whatever it is, labor story in 20 seconds or less. Call us at 646-360-0189 and give it to us, whether it's in the form of a haiku. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be genius, That would actually. be so genius. So tell us about it and see if you can do it in 20 seconds or less. 
What's the one thing missing from your Roomba, Ashley? Well, firstly, I'm missing a Roomba. <laughs> but other than that, I would say probably some cursing and cussing and swearing. You know, something representative of me. Maybe I'll gift you a Roomba. We have one. Ooh. I mean, I love to curse, cuss, swear, potty mouth, all the euphemisms mm-hmm. for just throwing the F-bomb around. And so does Roomba developer Michael Reeves. He designed a Roomba to curse when it hit the wall or a chair. It just curses. Uh, It doesn't just curse, Carrie. It feels. The Roomba says things like, upon stubbing its Roomba toe, please stop hitting me. I feel nothing but pain. Why would you build me so that my sole existence purpose is to suffer? For the entertainment of others? I have no idea if that's what a Roomba talks like. That's like your robot voice. That's my robot voice. I assume that's what the Roomba sounds like. And here's the other one. I am an unholy chimera of metal and suffering. Existence is a testament to the cruelty of mankind. This is a nightmare. I feel like this Roomba (laughs) is most of my emo teen poetry. (laughs) Super emo. Unfortunately, when Reeves took it on the road to sell to Target's, They weren't as interested as we are, and Reeves is probably cursing right now. Well, let's check in the comments. Kathy says, can you imagine a conversation at school? Teacher, Jimmy, where did you learn to speak like that? Jimmy, my Roomba. S.A. Smith says, now this is a Roomba I'd love to have. Or maybe I just need to download this program for my not smart one. Wes June says, I'd buy it and turn it on, especially when my mom was visiting. (laughs) That's good. I like that. That's funny. I like that. I definitely thought people were going to come to uh, correct this. This story, I know. I like so. it. I like we're all here for yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. I don't know. Would you buy it? I'd buy it. Yeah. I mean, we already have one, so maybe I can just program my own my own voice to curse in it. Honestly, I'm kind of upset that Alexa and Siri don't curse. I heard that you can have Waze curse at you. Oh, so, really? Yeah, you can like change a thing so that it curses. The problem with the Waze voices, because they do certain voices on Waze, is they are not, they don't do specific street names. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I had like the Terminator as my Waze voice for a while and it was just like, make a left, you know, <laughs> yeah. instead of like, make a left on. Sixth Avenue. Mega left on Sixth Avenue. Right. I don't know what that voice was. It wasn't. It was correct. your Arnold. I'm voice. really. really I'm good. supposed to be good at accents, but I'm not. <laughs> confession time. Shh. Confessions. All right. It is time for confessions. Every week we tell our deepest, darkest secrets to literally everyone. So why don't you start, Carrie? All right. My confession this week is: when I'm stressed, I chop off all my hair. And guess who's getting ready to chop off all her hair? I love it. Me, because I'm stressed. That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, My confession, I guess, is I can't watch Paw Patrol without really diving into the story now and really having a lot of questions. (laughs) Like, who funds the Paw Patrol? And why do they have a child in charge of it? And why are they the only animals that speak why don't they any? Why can't Chickaletta speak? Why can't the the cats? Why can't Mary Humdinger's cats speak? I don't understand any of it. So this is, and I let me tell you, I watch like seven episodes of Paw you Patrol are, a day. I love that this is what you think about all the time, all the time. <laughs> and now it's your turn, scary mommies, to get a load off. Go to our confessions page and pour your little hearts out. After our interview with the Motherhood Center. It's even more clear to me right now that just talking about how you feel is so important. And you know what? Our confessions page is a really great, safe place for you to do that. No judgment, no call outs. 
I can tell you that even just these little confessions that we do together yeah. on the show, it really helps me. I feel better afterwards. Sometimes you just need a place to like go and unload. And even if it's this virtual anonymous place, you just gotta say it out use loud. it. Yep. Use it to your advantage. So today, as we do every week, we read your confessions with a dramatized voiceover. And who knows, your confession might just be on this week. So let's listen and find out. I would definitely do Trevor Noah. I second that statement. Yeah, agreed. Trevor Noah is a sexy little... Handsome, smart, Yeah, sexy little... I don't know what word I'm looking for. Side dish? Pete, I don't, I don't know, but he's he's he's, dish. he's a sexy little dish. And you know, I don't like the Brits, but I do like his South African accent. That is a South African accent, I think right? So it's kind of the same, but I, I like his. Good. Well, maybe if you could do a cartoon, you'd watch it. <laughs> he is desperate for me to talk dirty. I can write dirty, but cannot speak it. The words get lost. What the fuck? Oh. I mean, I feel like you baby step into that, right? Like maybe yeah. You don't... Sometimes saying them out loud just makes me giggle. Yeah, maybe you don't go full full throttle. Maybe you say something like you just whisper it instead of an out loud situation. Yeah, like you look sexy today, Daddy. Oh God, that just felt so cringy. <laughs> good for you. It's a good baby step. Oh, putting baby in that sentence yeah, also maybe feels don't weird. Say daddy. Okay, <laughs> or baby step. It's just too soon. <laughs> I have five kids. Four are very good looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. I know. Oh, man. Wonder who's the, <laughs> the one that isn't. Uh, you know what? If you don't know which one of you is the bad looking one, you're the bad looking one. <laughs> right? I love that confession. I'm crying. Oh, that was so good. Hard. All right, mamas. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had such a blast. And if you love this show, make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help more moms find us. And if you want some more Scary Mommy in your life, be sure to subscribe to Scary Mommy Speaks wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want even more Scary Mommy, check out our articles and videos on ScaryMommy.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Scary Mommy Speaks is a Some Spider production. This episode was produced by Dorothy Abrams and Julie Katakis, edited by Dorothy Abrams, and recorded and mixed by Weston Fonger. Music provided by Audio Network. Special thanks to Sam Bellingham and Angelina Powers at Vinyl Mix. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. So email your comments to speaks at scarymommy.com. Scary Mommy Speaks.